Ready to boost sales and grow your business without the BS? Welcome to the Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We'll be sharing actionable tips across marketing, sales, and growth without the BS to help you skyrocket your business. And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I am your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at WebChoice, and excited to be joined by Benjamin Dennehy today. Benjamin is the UK's most hated, most hated sales trainer. This is actually his third time appearing on the show, and his last two episodes are currently one of the most downloaded on the podcast and the most viewed on the YouTube right now, um, and his last episode with us was all about how to handle inbound leads which i loved and we had some really really good feedback so we've got you back on benjamin how are you doing sir i'm really good thanks for having me back thank you to the audience if they're suckers for this punishment <laughs> I will gladly talk to them. Yes. <laughs> good man, good man. So we're we're basically following on from before. So before we said, look, this is how you attack an inbound lead. And now we're saying this is how you run a demo, this is how you do your presentation. Although you've told me, Benjamin, when when we had our warm-up before we uh before we hit record, you said, No, let's not do how to do a demo. Let's do why you should not do a demo. Mm-hmm. Um so f- before we jump into this, what what was the thought process behind that, Benjamin? Well, the thought process is this. So I've got to caveat this because there'll be a lot of people freaking out, particularly <laughs> in the software and the tech world or whatever it is, right? So yeah, look, of course. Demos have a function, but often they are done in the wrong place at the wrong time. They're often done too early and they're often done as a crutch. They're often mm. done as a means of selling in the instrument itself, or they're done at the behest of the prospect that's made no commitment to buy, regardless of what they see. They just want to have a look at it because they're intellectually curious. Some will buy, some won't. And my view is, is that the demo should be the presentation, but there's no point presenting something until you know for a fact that if they see what they like, they can afford it and will buy it. Sure. So it's all about slowing down to speed things up. And so Doing a demo is great, but at the right time. And as I say, it's a crutch for most salespeople. If you just have to do a demo and someone buys, why do you need people? Mm. Yeah, yeah, because you can automate so much now, right? Automate this. And what is the purpose of the human? Oh, they're there to answer questions. Exactly. They're the free consultant talking (laughs) through the process. So, yeah, if if people just want a demo, just say, go to the website. It's all up on YouTube. Watch it yourself. Oh, no, no, no. I don't want that. I still want to be able to pick your brain. Oh, well, if you want to pick our brain, you have to follow our process first. Gotcha. I just want that. Well, then you you pick. So that's why I don't believe you should do them as a Um, part of the process. I can't wait to get into this because of the point you just made. Because so many companies in the B2B space, especially in the tech and the software as a service in a SaaS space, that's the process, isn't it? Like you head onto their website if you've seen it on an ad or you've seen their email newsletter, whatever process drove you to their landing page or their website. And nearly every call to action on the website is book a free demo or request your demo. And the first step is probably you have a discovery call or some kind of discovery or email. And then they want to share their screen. They want to get on a Zoom, a screen share and go through it. So perhaps we should, and I want to stir a few people up, but hopefully share some useful insights, which means we can waste less of our time talking to people, like you say, that want free consultations and actually get more deals over the line with qualified prospects. So... 
On our last episode, which you can catch on how to handle inbound lead with Benjamin, um, we talked about all about kind of having conversations with leads that come inbound and moving them through to kind of a qualification process. But let's say we've done that. Um, what's kind of the next steps in terms of saying, well, you said we, we don't need to run a demo, we don't need to do a proposal presentation. What, what kind of comes next after we've realized that this is a qualified lead and this is perhaps someone we could do business with? Well, if I've qualified them and by qualified them, it means I know that they have problems that our software or whatever it is I'm going to show them can fix. So we know that. We mm. know why those problems exist and that they're motivated to fix them. So that's important. It's not you need to know they have problems you can fix and you need to know that they're motivated to fix them and why. Secondly, you need to know that they can afford the solution when they see it. Yep. Yeah. This is a this is really bad. How many times have people given a presentation for whatever it is, and the prospect says, "Look, I love it. I think it's great, but it's a little bit out of our price range." Sure. Yeah. Or I can't afford it. Or it turns out that the person you present the demo or the solution to doesn't ultimately make the decision. Yeah. How many times have you been presenting something to somebody who said they are the decision maker? You do your whole dog and pony show, and then they say, "You know what? I love it. If it were up to me, we'd start today." But unfortunately, I got to run this by my finance director. <laughs> that is the that is probably the number one thing I've heard in the past. Like I've done everything. It's like, yeah, that looks great, but I need to speak to the FD, the financial director. And it's like, why didn't you mention this before? But then again, I I should blame myself because I didn't well, qualify you hard know, enough. It's your fault because you never asked. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Why, so this is why I say if a prospect's qualified, then I'll present. I don't yep. have an issue with presenting anything, but they've got to be qualified. So I want to know, do you have a problem I can fix? Do you <laughs> want to fix it? And I'm convinced you want to fix it. Can you afford it when you see it? And yep. is the person that has to be there to make the decision going to be there? If you get all those four things, I will present to you what I do. Now, that's sure. hard. That's why salespeople love doing the demo because it's hard to do that. It's hard to get those four things lined up because you get that wall. So I work, I've worked with tech and software companies and they've eliminated the demo as part of the process for selling because oh, all really? of them, as you said, free demo, book a demo. And it's like, yeah. why? How many demos a month do you do? We do about 20. How long do they on average take? Half an hour. So that's 20 times half. That's 10 hours. And you work out how much it costs. How many of those demos go on to become sales? about 25 30%. So yep. the cost of doing a demo in and of itself is expensive. Um so if you eliminate it earlier and do it later, eliminate people that can't buy it if they like it and can afford it. That's when and only when you should do a demo. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you raise an interesting point and just before when we get into kind of when you should do a demo and how to do it. So and I think I've certainly been guilty of in this past, and I'm sure a lot of other sales professionals or business owners probably have. When we go back to qualification, you mentioned make sure the prospect's got problems you can fix. They're actually motivated to get it done. They've got the cash to, yeah. to afford your solution. They've actually, you understand who's part of the decision-making process. Um, but perhaps we should talk a little bit about the psychology of this because I right. think as salespeople, we love to skip steps, right? Um, so we thought, oh, there's an inbound lead. Yes, let's talk to them. They're probably yeah. going to buy. I haven't had an inbound lead in so long. I just want to get this deal done. Yeah. Um, so we're probably so motivated to push them through this process. We perhaps forget to qualify hard enough. Do you think that's quite often the case? Well, without doubt. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's face it. Most salespeople are wimps. 
and they're too scared to challenge. And one of the things I have to teach all my clients is your job is to challenge a prospect. A prospect may be wrong in what they want to achieve. A prospect may be wrong in the solution they think they have. You don't know that until you question them. So you also see something that they haven't had an inbound lead for a while and they're excited. Well, there's the first <laughs> problem. They're excited. That means they're emotionally attached to this process. If you're emotionally attached to the outcome of anything, you're not a professional. Imagine mm. your lawyer getting excited because somebody, oh, great, we're going to have a trial. Um, well, why don't we forget all the challenging the evidence, but just get right to the summing up? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It would be ridiculous. That's not how a professional behaves. A professional's job is at all times to remain dispassionate. Yes, be passionate about what you do, but be dispassionate in how you go about uh, getting the other person to discover they need it. So, uh, yeah, from the outset, if you're excited about it, in fact, if the moment I know I feel excitement in a sale, I know I'm going to screw up. The moment, because it means the prospect has said or done something that's made me think they're going to buy. It's usually yeah. a false signal. It's not normally it's, true. And it's um, a challenge. I found from my experience personally, it's yeah. quite often the case through either lack of prospecting or lack of marketing to actually drive these leads. So yeah. the lead, the, the leads coming in are so dry that when something comes in, you think oh, I need to close this. When in fact, it's just a lack of abundance, really. Of course, yes. it, it goes without saying that you should have a full sales pipeline of, of leads coming in daily. So then you never have to stress about having one and closing it because you've got so many other opportunities to rely on. Um, yeah. So I think that's quite often the, the problem in that sense. Well, that, that is a fundamental problem because most salespeople don't like prospecting. So anyone would rather sit back and take an order. Let's be honest. I mean, that's a great yeah, you know, McDonald's has made a billion dollar business out of not selling anything, right? Of course. Yeah, you just go on and place an order. So it is a very good model, but you've got to have the right product and the right. You're not with SaaS. I mean, this is something I'll give you. Uh, this is a question I ask. Hmm. Uh, and it's certainly a question I would start asking when I work in the SaaS world. If somebody comes to me, the first question that's on my mind that I need to understand is this, and this is a great question. And every time I've asked this question, I've actually got an answer I'm quite pleased to hear. So if somebody's come to me, and I get it a lot nowadays, people contact me, they reach out to me. I just, you want to add a caveat, I, I won't talk to someone unless they actually pay to talk to me now. You know, 85% of inbound leads are, hey, Benjamin, really love your stuff, would love to have a chat with you about some training. Now, I know 85% of those are just people wanting to chew my ear or just want to have a chit-chat or, or, or are curious about what I do or just want to understand a little bit more. That does, that's not going to make me money. So I say, look, book a consult call. It's 100 quid. Uh, if I decide I can't help you or we decide to work with each other, I'll give you the 100 quid back. 85% of people don't bother to do that. So yep. I've eliminated 85% of targeting. So if you've got a big sign saying free demo, you're attracting tire kickers and time wasters of the 15 percent that pay the 100 pounds i've got a 95 percent close rate that that speaks volumes really doesn't it volumes my job as a salesperson is to eliminate tire kickers free demos free quotes attract tire kickers yeah you might as well dress up as a giant turd and advertise the fly <laughs> oh dear um okay so on that, I mean, this this raises a bit of a, a tricky one, really. So, yeah. um, in terms of in terms of a lot of companies do it, we we do it. Um, we yeah. advertise the fact that we can give you some kind of free initial assessment or consultation. So does probably ninety five percent of software yeah. companies that I've ever seen. Um, 
do you think the route i mean this goes we, we won't go too much down this rabbit hole but do you think that instead of offering because you alert you alluded to it earlier benjamin that some of the companies you've helped um instead of doing that demo after they fully qualified a prospect they do something else um so what do you in your opinion what what should be the next step should it be a demo or should it be something well, else? Again, it, it, this is a, I can't give an answer to that because there's so many different products. Very, very open ended. Appreciate it's that. very, it's very broad. But I mean, if you're selling a sophisticated system that's going to require more than just showing someone a pretty, you know, demonstration, then you're going to have to have a scoping exercise. We've got to properly come in and bespoke and draw up. So that's one thing. Um, if it literally is. We've only got this software. And once you see the software, so I would qualify. So I'd find out what they want and need to see. See, this is the other reason people don't buy software. Yep. Salespeople. Well, what's the one thing everybody loves talking about? Uh, themselves or their products. Themselves. So what's the number one thing someone selling software loves talking about? I would imagine the product. Themselves, themselves. The product, right. So what they want to do is their products like their firstborn child. And someone says, oh, I'm very interested in your little can I have a look? Can you? And then they tell <laughs> you all the stories about how it did this and how it did that, how it does this. And you're like, whoa, whoa, but I just wanted to have a quick peek. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens is as salespeople, they get on these demos and they start to show you all the stuff that they like about it. Oh, and you can do this. Oh, and if you want to be able to do this, you can do that. And they show you all the stuff. Without once figuring out, did the person who requested the demo need or want to see any of this? Because yeah. what happens is, is you show them this beautiful system. And then a the person gets to the end and says, well, no, I really like it. I do. But I mean, I don't need 80% of what it does. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then, and they go, you see, that's why you guys must charge 50 quid a month a user. I mean, I've been looking at other products and they're about 12 pound a month and, you know, you go, but yeah, but they're not as sophisticated. But I don't want the sophistication. I want the. So if you figure out what they want to see and why they need to see it, and if they saw it and they believed it would fix their problem, would they buy it? And they say yes. Then that's what you show them. Yep. And then what Makes happens sense. is after they bought it, they suddenly discover it does all these other things, and they start to think this is actually better than I thought. So you don't scare them off. You actually engage them and they think, crikey, this does more than I thought. I quite like this. I didn't know it did that. I wish they told me. No, they don't wish it at all. Because if you told them before you knew you wanted it, you would say, oh, I don't need that. Yeah. So that's yeah. why it's dangerous to do a demo. Because it's the demo is not done for the benefit of the prospect. It's done right. for the salesperson to satisfy their own emotional need to talk about themselves. Yeah. 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 And I think it's what a lot of salespeople, business owners are scared to do when it comes to qualifying out, um, which we talked talked about a bit in the last episode. Because well, like we're all say, hopium, right? You know, mm. every salesman is a hopium problem. Yeah. Um, you know, this is also interesting. Uh, uh, the fact that everyone has to advertise they're free tells you that at one point you had to pay for this sort of stuff. People never used to do quotes for free. Someone one day stuck a sign up on the side of a building and said free quotes. <laughs> It's a fair yeah. point. It's a fair point. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah exactly. So it, you can't, let's put it this way. You can sell proposals. You can sell scoping documents. You can sell quotes. People that say you can't just don't know how to do it. Because if it couldn't be done, I do it. My clients do it. They say, well, that's different. No, 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 no. It's not. It's just because they know how to do it. And getting good at that means sometimes you hear no earlier. Mm. Want salespeople don't like hearing no, yeah, and so they would rather hope 
that if they show them the system, it'll do enough to win them over and they'll buy. Yeah. yeah? yeah. And they don't care how much time is wasted on that because if one and four buy, well, it's worth it, isn't it? Not really. 75% of it was a waste of time. Would it not make sense just to do it for the one? Who you, but then I'll be doing less of them. I know, which means you got to look for more prospects. No, I don't like prospecting. I'd rather sit back and take orders or just talk. That is literally the dilemma. Um, so yeah. let's perhaps look at both angles if we can. Um, sure. So let's look at the fact, perhaps we're more of a bespoke company and everything we do is to order. Um, yeah. And then we can go on to a software, maybe a software as a service example okay. that's perhaps got more of a generic solution where we have to do a demo. Um so if, if we're a more of a custom outfit and everything we do is to order, and like you had uh, mentioned earlier, instead of once we've fully qualified the press prospect, they've got problems, we can fix them, motivate, they've got budget, the decision makers are going to be involved. Um, how do What are some best practices when it comes to saying, look, this is our process. The, the next step is we need to scope this out in full. So we even need to do, I can see in cool, we need to come to your office, whatever it may be. But you're going to have to pay for this service. Yeah. Um, because I know a lot of people tuning in probably think, wait, I need to charge people for this service. How do I do yeah. this? How do I ask for it? Well, look, think of it this way. Think of it like this logically. If you can't sell a 200 pound proposal, how the hell are you going to sell a 5,000 pound end product? Mm. Yeah, this is the fear. The fear is I don't really know if I can actually sell 5K, let alone 200. So I'll roll the dice and hope someone will pay the 5K. Yeah, it avoids me having to confront the fact that I can't actually sell. I rely on whatever I have to do that for me. So how do you sell these things? You've got to do them at the beginning. You see, this is why people screw up. If you wait until the end of that first conversation and then drop an, oh, by the way, we, we charge for these documents, you're going to get a lot of pushback because it's the end of the meeting. And they can say, well, look, I've really enjoyed the chat. Well, I've got to go. I'll be in touch. Yep. And because if you're following the traditional model of selling where you are, you show up, throw up and hope you've done enough, you're always going to end with that. So I do it at the beginning. I tell them, look, um, if we don't say no to each other, we have to agree a next step. Okay. Are you comfortable with that? And everyone says yes. And then I don't give the, I then say, shall I tell you what that is? Because I've only got one. And no one ever says, no, let's leave it as a surprise till the end. Yeah, no, no one ever does that. What will happen is, and I teach this all the time, what, what people will do if they try and use that line, because they're scared of the answer, this is what they start to say. Every client does this and I have to correct them. What they say is this. Would you like me to tell you what the next step is or shall we leave that to the end? And the moment you say, or shall we leave that to the end, guess what option the prospect always chooses? Is it the end? Leave it to the end. Why? Because they know at the end there's no pressure on them to make a decision because they can exit. So they don't yep. want it, right? <laughs> so that's why if you give them the option, they'll always say, no, let's leave it to the end. So I don't give them the option. I go, look, I've only got one next step in my world. Shall I tell you what it is? And they go, yeah. And I go, because if you don't like it, there's probably no point in carrying on, is there? Gotcha. And they go, well, no, I guess not. I, this is the next step. And then I... I've got a very sexy way of making that next step seem value. And I explain what it's going to look like. And I say, it's going to be this, we'll do this, we'll do this, it'll do this, it'll be costed, it'll be time, da, 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 all the bells and whistles. And I go, how does that sound? Does that sound like a good next step to you? And they all say, yeah. And I go, you know what? There are four things you can do with that next step as well. You can shop it around. I don't mind. I can't stop you. You can do it yourself. I can't stop you. You could take it to your incumbent to see if they can match what we've done. Or four, you give it to us. 
you happy with those? And they all say, yeah, that's great. Now I've got them hooked and I say, oh, but by the way, we don't do that for free. That's going to cost you a thousand pounds, two thousand pounds, whatever it is. Sure. And then I lock them in. I go, so knowing that could be the outcome of this conversation, do you still want to go ahead? This is where they have to make it. There's no escape here, but I don't know if you can help me yet. But I haven't got anything from you. Exactly. So this is what I want you to agree. If we don't say no to each other, that is what happens next. You have to control the process as a salesperson. I'm not here to figure out how to sell to you. I'm here to educate you on how you buy from me. You're the one with the problem. I got a warehouse full of solutions. It's not my problem. Love it. Yeah. 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 So you're you're making best use of your time right up front. So before you've even got into the nuts and bolts of what they need, their problems and such, you're literally saying, this is how we do business. This is our process. Like it or lump it. Um, If you don't want to finish this meeting and know that, then don't. And they'll be, oh, no, 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 this is this is where they get scared. This is where the hope kicks in. This is what salespeople are addicted to. Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this could be the this could be the big deal. This could be this could be. (laughs) No, there's nothing there. If this person isn't willing to stump up 200 pound at the end of this meeting and your products worth 5k, what does that tell you? They're not serious. They're probably not going to do anything. They don't have any money. There's a lot more it tells you about why this won't go forward than it will go forward. You're not going to lose something because the person, but maybe you will. I don't know. Very few and far between, though. Someone's mm. that's outrageous. I'm not paying 300 pounds to properly scope out fixing my problem for a 50,000 pound solution. That's crazy. You're an idiot. Never happens. In fact, all my clients that do it, the reaction of the prospect is usually the thing that breath takes them because the most of the time, not all the time, but virtually most of the time, the reaction is the prospect looks at them and says, yeah, okay, that seems reasonable. Yeah. And do you think the issue is, say say that again? I said, they say that's reasonable. And I go, because it is reasonable. Mm. Mm. Do you, do you think the issue is that, I think um, whether it's a business owner, whether it's a salesperson, is just so used to offering everything up for free. This is like a shock to the system almost. So they think if they do ask for this, they're just going to get rejected instantly. Well, it's a it's a company cultural thing. Um, mm. Despite all the wonderful marketing and the fluffy words we can put about our commitment to this and our love of this and our values, at the end of the day, most businesses don't care how you get over the line so long as you get over it. Mm. Yeah. And so the attitude is, is just do whatever you have to do to hit target. As long as it's not illegal and we can justify it, then do it. That is that is the approach, despite all the crap that people spin around. Because if they didn't, they'd actually say, actually, guys, the integrity of how we get there is more important than whether or not we get there. But that's not the attitude. Imagine if um, the legal profession was like that. Look, it doesn't matter how you get an outcome. So long as it's good for your client, it doesn't matter how you get there. The legal system would break down because it's not the outcome that matters. It's what everyone's done to get to the outcome because that ensures that whatever it is, even if you don't like it, probably right. So yeah. that is the problem. Is that salespeople aren't allowed to do this. I, I, I've trained people that have got really good. They've avoided doing proposals, but the company's insisted, no, you've got to see a proposal. You've got a quota. Often they're VC-backed companies because these guys love to be able to say, we got got 100 million pounds in the pipeline. It's all bollocks, yeah? But it looks good for the people on the back making exactly. a of cash. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's not it's not sold until the, the cash is in the bank. 
Um, so yeah, like yeah. you say, unless that pipeline's going to close, it's useless. I was supposed to give a talk to a company and they hadn't paid me. And I said, and it was on the day. And I said, well, you got three hours because I'm not turning up. And they paid. Did, did they? Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, this is it. Uh, uh, yeah, there is no sale. A promise to pay is not a sale. Mm-hmm. A handshake is not a sale. Even a signed contract is not a sale. The only yep. time you have a sale is when that money hits your bank account. Couldn't agree more. And this Couldn't is what more. people don't appreciate. Yeah, it's not a nod and a wink and a, and a PO. A PO means nothing. Yeah, it's got to be cash in the bank. And so uh, that's why I'm in this. I'm not in this to make friends. I have enough friends. I'm not in it to make enemies because I don't need any enemies. I'm in it to be trusted and people trust me and I know they trust because they pay me before I get there. Yeah. Now, you have to be trustable for someone to pay you before you deliver. But think about it. Virtually everything in your life, you pay for up front. Go to McDonald's. When do you pay? Before you eat. Go to the pub. When do you pay? Before you drink. Go for a flight. When do you pay? You don't pay after it and say, I'll pay you if there's no turbulence or if I enjoyed the flight. Or if That'd the be nice, wouldn't it? Good. You know, virtually everything in your life that you pay for, that you do, you pay for up front. It's only when salespeople have something that's really expensive and sophisticated that suddenly it's, oh, no, we couldn't expect them to pay up front. Yeah. And yeah. I guess and I guess it, it it gets early commitment, right? So especially yeah. if you are... Let's use software as another example. A lot of software sales, especially in the enterprise, you're talking 50K, 75K, 100K plus solutions at times. And I suppose if you are charging them for this scoping exercise, it gets early buy-in because once they've gone through that process with you, they're they're kind of involved. So you're probably building up a relationship. You're spending time with the point of contact. You're drafting something together. You're having a lot of back and forth. And then they think, as long as they like you and they actually get on with what you're doing, You've got you your are foot now in the embedded. Door. You're embedded in them as a partner. You've embedded mm. yourself. But first of all, more importantly, to get to the point where they agree to pay you for that, you must have demonstrated you're also trustable and someone that they want to take that risk with. Yeah. So you're already better than your competitors. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to do because it's uncomfortable. But actually, the reality is, it's very few people unless they are tire kickers or non-decision makers, very few people refuse to stump up a little bit if you've done it right. You've got to do the rest of the meeting okay. It's not enough just to get them to agree there. If the rest of the meeting is a complete pig's ear, you ask stupid questions, you rub them up the wrong way, you make them feel uncomfortable, then it ain't going to work. Yeah. So it's not the fact that you've asked them to pay that will probably ruin it. It's the fact that everything that came after that turned them off of you. Yeah. And just before we, we'll spend a little bit of time at the end talking about more generic demos, but just before we get to that, let's say they have agreed to this free assessment, this free scoping course, whatever it may be, that's our initial paid hook. Um, Is it a case of then we just run our normal qualification process that we talked about on the last episode? Is there anything else we need to consider that we perhaps didn't cover beforehand? And anything we need to mention at the end? Last time, so... uh... yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, that last time we were just talking about working in inbound leading, we did talk about upfront contracts, um, and we talked about kind of going through these qualification stages, talking about the problems and making sure they're motivated, they've got budget, and their their decision making and all that good stuff. So, is it essentially effectively going through that? And well, then, it's, well, it depends on the complexity of what you sell, right? Sure. So, for instance, I sell uh, sales training. Uh, now, no one's going to commit to a six to twelve month reinforcement 
training program based off the back of a one hour meeting with me. So I, I sell in a proposal, but I call it a taster session, right? And okay. in the taster session, I explain to them why you do what you do, why you do to repeat it, what it is that I'm going to show you that's going to help you understand why you do it. Then I'm going to show you a way to fix it. And at the mm. end of that, you as a company make a decision. Do we want more of this? And if so, are we going to commit? Or do we not want more of this? Because I'm not sure we're willing to do this. And that's it. You Yes, we're in or no, we're out. Yep. So the second step, if you're selling in a um, bit of software, say, you would need to look before we can determine as an organization if our software fit for you. We're going to have to figure out a few things. What systems do you run on? How many users? Da, 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 da. So we're, the next step is to dot all those I's, cross those T's. We'll sure. then present you with what that investment's going to cost you, what the timelines look like, and we'll give you a document, and that's it. Whatever's in that document, we will stick to. It won't change. If anything happens, if the price, if we screwed up because we didn't ask certain questions, and as a result, the cost goes up, we bear that ourselves. Because this step is where we properly look under the hood and give you the solution. And at the end of that, you'll pay for that, but at the end of it, you can either give it to us, you could shop it around, you could do nothing, or you could do it yourself. But that document will tell you how to fix your problem. And most people, why would they give it to someone else when you've if they said, Well, this is good, this is exactly what we want. I'm happy with the timings and I'm happy with the money because we've already discussed that's what we wanted to work to anyway. So the next step, depending on how complex whatever it is you're selling, will fulfill that need. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'd say that that's very, very, very useful if, if we have got, if we do offer more of a custom solution and it's not necessarily off the shelf. Let's flip this. Yeah. And we've only got a few minutes left, but let's say All we right. run more of a software as a service model. Perhaps our, our solution is a bit more generic in the yeah. sense that it's kind of set features. Um, there's not too much we can chop and change. So it is like people pay X yeah. amount a month and that's, it is what it is. Well, so the same with me. I sell my boot camps, right? Telephone prospecting, questioning boot camps. They, they don't change. That's an off the shelf. Yep. Product. Off the shelf solution. Exactly right. So if we have qualified everything, let's say there's a couple yeah. of decision makers. Maybe we've said look, the sales director needs to be here. The financial director needs to be here. The CEO needs to be involved. Yeah. Three or so people. We fired up the demo. Are there any best practices that we need to consider that perhaps people tend to do that are awful and that we should be shifting our mindset towards when we're actually in front of them? Um, we've already qualified them um, and we need to consider. The problem with demos, I, I don't know if you've sat through many, but I, I don't sit <laughs> through a lot because I think they're a waste of time, but I've sat through quite a lot. And the first thing you realize about most demos is, is a person using the system isn't that very good on it. Have you noticed? Every time <laughs> they click something, it doesn't do what it's meant to do. And you end up watching them, no, no, wait on, click here, click, click, click. So the first thing is, you better be so bloody proficient that it goes smoothly, yeah? Because mm. the more complicated you make it look and the more frustrated the viewer is watching it, Yep the less likely they're going to want to buy. Yeah, this looks like a lot, you know, this, this isn't as smooth as I thought. That's the first thing. So you need to know how to deliver it, yeah? Delivery skill. Um, this is important. Everything I teach is fundamental that a good salesperson is a good actor. You have to be able to deliver your lines. You have to be able to deliver whatever it is you're doing. And if you have, it doesn't matter how knowledgeable you are about something. If you are crap at communicating it, you're going to get nowhere. So the ability to actually be able to but, demonstrate as a skill. So that is are, a skill. Just before you go into that, Ben, I was saying to you before you hit record, I think this, I could be completely off base and people tell me if I am, but I think one of the 
most likable aspects of yourself is not just you know your stuff you're to the point you don't you don't talk bullshit but also you present so well so the way you talk the way you put, put things across is very engaging but as you said a lot of sales reps not one don't know their product as well maybe they can't demonstrate very well because they're not used to using it and thirdly their communication skills their presentation skills their ability to engage people their tone of voice and the way they talk isn't yeah. great no. So without going to, down too much of a rabbit hole, is there anything or anything, um, any processes salespeople should actually, or business owners should invest in themselves to be able to hone in on those skills, which might not even be related to sales. It's just communication in general. If you're really crap, go on an acting course. Yeah. That one. Learn how to act. They're cheap. They're, they're, in fact, they'll be begging for your money because they've not been able to do anything <laughs> for the last year. So it's going to be very easy to get... Uh, on a, an acting course, go on an acting course, uh, hire a speech coach to teach you how to change your voice, when to go up, when to go down, figure out when to pause for effect. This is what actors do. Politicians do it as well. The best speakers, you know, the people, you know, some of the best politicians are the ones that make you feel comfortable. So the Bill Clintons of the world, everyone said when you met him, he just made you feel special because they know how to make people comfortable. And that is yep. a fundamental thing that anyone in sales has to do. You have to make people comfortable. And that means you have to change. So I posted yesterday about this and some people didn't like him. You know, there's this, be your authentic self. Just be you. No, don't just be you. Because most of you in sales have a personality that rub people up the wrong way. What you need to figure out is, how do I change the way I talk, act and speak so that the person receiving this message is comfortable with it? That's not being inauthentic. It's being intelligent. Yeah, yeah. it makes it makes sense. Um, yeah. Ultimately, if you're if you're a laughy, jokey person, and then you're you're speaking to a CEO that's very serious, very corporate, the chances are, from what the example you've given there, that that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's probably not going to go too down no. too well, right? Whereas if you're yeah. talking in their language, you're you're being quite serious. You're getting to the point. You're not talking faff and fiddle, you're, you're getting to the, to the point of the matter. It'll probably go so, down a bit better, I imagine. Start learning personality type. So if you're talking to a CEO or an MD or someone at director level, they have a certain type of personality, uh, particularly on the uh, manager der CEO side. These are what you call blue sky thinkers. They're not so huge on detail. Yeah, they hate are uh, 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 being spoken over. They don't appear emotional, but underneath they are quite emotional, but they hide it behind a tough guy veneer. They're short, sharp, clip, direct, and to the point. Don't use 30 words when five would suffice. These are people that finish your sentence. So when you're engaging with them, you need to be more like that. Now, flip mm -hmm. it to a salesman who's an outgoing, gregarious, happy sort of person. When you're in front of them, you've got to be a bit more outgoing, gregarious, and happy. Two fat loudmouths and Hawaiian shirts will get on fine and sell. Fat loudmouth and a Hawaiian shirt with a pinstriped accountant ain't going to work. If the fat loudmouth just shut up a bit and put on a suit, more likely to sell to the other person. So this isn't being inauthentic. This isn't hiding your true self. This is being smart. This is saying, I know that my personality doesn't work on most people I meet, so I should change me to make it easier for them to buy from me. So this whole mantra around just be you is part of this, I, I don't know. It's like it's like we're living on one big Oprah Winfrey interview nowadays, isn't it, you know? There's, there's so much BS. You only need to scroll through your LinkedIn feed. And it's... Yeah. Uh, it's it, stupid. It, I mean, I, I got a vomit bucket <laughs> next to me as I read through LinkedIn, you know, because it's just... 
Oh, violins playing. I know, oh, I know. But anyway, back, back to demos. So we, we've that was that was a nice little tangent. I think that's useful. Um, yeah. So we've made everyone feel comfortable. Let's say yeah. we know our product. Hopefully, we know yeah. how to run a bloody demo. Um, what's what's next? What you need to present is only those things which they need to see to buy. Mm. That's it. So if you're selling, I don't know, selling a piece of software and it's got 10 really cool functions, but you have established that all your prospect needs are five of them. That's all they need. You only show them those five and those five alone. Because the moment you start showing them stuff they didn't agree they needed or wanted to see, what happens in their brain is, oh, well, this isn't, no, no, I didn't, no, no. They start to question it. So all you do is, Mr. Prospect, you told me that you needed to be able to integrate with this CRM system. This is how our platform does that. Bash. Demonstrate it. How does that look? Yeah, that yep. looks great. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being... I think we could work with that. One being, nah, it's not for me. Where are you? Yeah, yeah, well, well, yeah, nine, ten. That looks good. Okay, point two. You said you want to be able to do da, 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 da. This is how we do that. Done. How does that look? Oh, that looks good. This is, you said three. And you go through all five. Right. That's what you wanted. That's what it does. Yes or no, are you in? Simple as that. And now I've, that's an abridged version, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So people out there listening to this, don't take this literal versus reality. You know, whenever I'm talking, I'm giving you the literal. But in reality, this is a very, very more nuanced way of communicating. You know, not like this. But I want you to see. You show them the things they need to see to feel comfortable buying. Let them discover the other five things after they've bought it. Mm. Yeah, it's 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 the easiest way to end the sale is to introduce things into the solution that were never discussed needed to be seen. Yep. Okay, so let's pretend we've shown our prospect or our prospects yeah. everything we've discussed in our perhaps previous discovery call. So we've we've identified their problems. We're showing them only the solution that actually hits their problem, attacks those goals. Um, is there any way once we've once we've got their buy in? that we need to wrap things up? Um, do we just well, go for, for some kind of close? Or what what do, what do you suggest? Do we ask for the sale? No, you never ask for the sale. Uh, all I do, I can, I can speak from my world, and it's translatable pretty much into most worlds, is if I've done yeah. my job well, I end, with the la I end with two questions. I go, all right, so you've seen everything it does. On a scale of one to 10, you've said you're a 10 on all of those. Couple of questions. First question: Do you believe that our system will fix and eliminate all the problems that you discussed you wanted fixed? Now they should say yes. If they don't say yes here, something's gone wrong, right? Mm. So they say yes, and then I'll ask them why. Why do you believe that? I've got to get them now to justify back to me why they've said yes, because now they're buying the product. Well, because it does this, it does that. It, we we wanted it to do this, and I can see that. So they're now justifying in their head, and then I end with, okay, so what do you want to do? Mm -hmm. I guess we're in. Well, no, you could still say no. No, 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 I, I, we're in. We're in. All right, fine. So how do you want to move forwards? What's next? Well, do you, I don't know, do you send us an invoice? I can send you an invoice. Happy to send you an invoice. Yeah, so they, they talk you through it. So, but again, like I say, this is all very abridged. When I work with companies, sure. you've got to figure out how to do this in your particular This is a snapshot world. view, of course. This yeah. is a snapshot view. This is the literal, but it's very simple. Uh, and once you get this pattern and once you get this understanding, I am not there to plead with anyone to buy my stuff. I know I'm good at what I do. I know my software will fix these problems. 
So I'm not here at the first part to convince you. Now I've shown you it fixed those problems. You have to make a decision. Yes, we're in or no, we're out. And we already know how much it'll cost. And we already know the people that need to make the decision are there. So now you have to make a decision. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's pretty straightforward. Do you, how often do um, once you've gone all through those those processes, how yeah. often do people ever say no? In my world, I can only speak from my world. Maybe three to five percent of the time. Yeah, and it's not because they don't believe what I won't do will work. It's because they actually acknowledge they don't feel comfortable doing it, mm. which means the solution. The solution was they just didn't want it, which is fine. Your solution may fix someone's problems. It doesn't mean they want it because they may not like it. And that 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 is why it's important when you do a presentation to only address the things they want to address. And then if they agree that it fixes it, but they still say, but I still don't like it. There's not a lot you can really do there then, is there? It's like, well, okay, it's not, I'm fine. Yeah, or no, we're never going to be able to do this, or I don't feel comfortable doing it. Then that's fine. I'll take that. That's a qualified no. I'll take a qualified no. It's over. I'm not going to beg you. I've dignity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another four <laughs> of these meetings lined up. So I'm not fussed. You know, I only need three to buy off me this month. And I've got five more to go. So I'm fine. Yeah. So the only time you ever have to beg for an order is when you've got nothing in your pipeline and you're desperate. So it's your fault. It always goes back to the level of activity in your pipeline. This is the only reason salespeople put up with crap is because they're broke. I asked this, and I did this the other day to um, hundreds of salespeople. I said, if you were a billionaire and you only sold what you sold because you loved it, you're an evangelist, you loved how it changed people's lives and made them better, and you just wanted as many people, and you didn't care if people didn't buy from you because that was irrelevant because you didn't need their money. Would you put up with half the crap your prospects put you through? Everybody always says no. So the only reason you're doing it now is because of your selfish motivation for their money. Let go. Stop trying to sell and only resort to fixing problems. And if they don't see that your solution fixes it or they do see it fixes it, but they don't like it, I'll take that. I don't need your money. Mm. Nicely, nicely summed hard. up. Nicely Very summed hard. up. It is. It is. I mean, I think. I think a lot of it's mindset and behaviours, isn't it? In it terms is all of mindset and behaviours. It's all mindset. Of, yeah. 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 Um. It it's, it, yeah. It certainly yeah. is. It's, it, it's easy to say, but it's, it's something else to actually. Oh, it, it is. The graph and make it, it happen. But it goes back to the Buddhist mantra: the root of all misery is attachment. Yeah. Mm. Anything. Anything in your life work, private, whatever, if there's something that's making you miserable, what are you holding on to? You know, my boyfriend doesn't love me, then leave him, but I love him. You know, I hate my job, quit, I need the money. Then shut up, yeah? So if you're miserable, you're holding on to something. If you let go, the misery goes away. If you let go of trying to get an order, trying to get a sale, trying to get a meeting, and just say, actually, I'm just going to get good at how I get there and whether or not we get there, that's an added bonus. Mm. Life is a lot easier. I think it also shines through, doesn't it? If, oh, um, yes. In my experience, and we'll, we'll wrap things up in a sec, but definitely in my younger days of selling, because I was sometimes just so keen to get deals over the line, the desperation comes through in the tone of your voice. Yeah. Um, 
and people don't like that. People can sense that your buyers aren't idiots, so <laughs> they know exactly what's going on. Well, to, to demonstrate how obvious it is, we all grew up watching The Simpsons. There's that character in The Simpsons, the salesman called Gil, and Gil is an utter nervous wreck loser. That is the stereotype. The Simpsons very good at stereotyping personalities and mm. that's what they came out gill the loser oh no no gill's not gonna feed his family again tonight please please buy oh no that's and that's what a lot of salespeople are like because they start to act like that. oh okay well look well, what we could do is we could maybe um i don't know maybe maybe there's something i do on the price you know if i was able to get the price down and as a buyer i'm waiting for this because i know you're desperate to sell and all i gotta do is say, i don't know oh maybe oh Look, I tell you what, I, I don't really want to do this, but I'll go on. And then I leave thinking, yeah. Yeah? And, and it's all because salespeople deserve the way they get treated. If you want to be treated differently, you've got to act differently. The world doesn't have to change for you. And on that bombshell, yeah. Benjamin Danahay, thank you very much for coming on, sir. Please do. Always a pleasure. Always, always enjoyable conversation. <laughs> um do tell us more about how everyone tuning in can learn from you, how they can connect with you, and the best way to get in touch, please. Uh, the two best ways, LinkedIn, obviously. Uh, so just my name or UK's Most Headed Sales Channel. Also, I have a YouTube channel where I put up a lot of content, uh, me making live phone calls. Um, and oh, oh, seeing as we are live and there may be people watching, I've got two boot camps, Questioning Strategies and Telephone, on the 5th and 6th of May. They will be the last ones until the autumn. Uh, I've had enough. I've done about 40 of these things in the last 12 months. So I'm taking a break. So if you want to, if you've been sitting on the sidelines, lurking and procrastinating, this is the opportunity because they won't be back until autumn. And who knows what will happen between now and autumn. Nice one, sir. Thank you once again, Benjamin. Really appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's welcome. been good fun. Thank you. Cheers. And this is a cheeky rare plug from myself. We're actually looking for a new sponsor to get in front of our audience of thousands of sales professionals and business owners of small, medium businesses each and every week. So if you are in the software space, the SaaS space or the tech space um, and you want to get in front of this, our audience, then do drop me a message, Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or get in touch by business growth marketing, business growth dot marketing, the website. And we'd love to speak to you. As well as that, all of Benjamin's details will be on the, the website. And apart from that, we really appreciate you tuning in and we'll catch you on the next episode of Business Growth Show. Are you tired of hunting for clients? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending money on marketing, but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of leads and sales. Want to learn more about WebChoice's unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you? Book a free digital marketing assessment today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com.